Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of A Little Wiser. I am here, as always, with my friend and producer, Erica Gerard. Hello, Erica. Hi. So um, today we are going to, well, A, let's just take a moment and celebrate. We did a virtual dance party on social media. Um, we did, yes. It was dorky and rad all at once, which is how I like to roll. <laughs> yeah, I I was like really offbeat in the, to the music um, and I, I hid behind my dog. I'm not a great. I, I'm not a great uh, dancer. I wish I was, but I feel like I captured like the best possible move I have. So we oh, may, may want to limit that. Amazing, Kimmy. <laughs> it was so good. I watched it a million times. It was very. I'm sure good. you did. Stayed up all night. <laughs> um. So, anyways, thank you to each and every one of you. Those downloads aren't just downloads. They are people. They are you. You are listening to us. It used to be in your cars. Now it's in your kitchens and on your walks. And it was really a big moment for us and, you know, propels us to keep on keeping on. And thank you for that before we get started. So thank and thank you. you, Erica, for for all your hard work and, and getting us here. Today, we're going to dive in deeper on addiction, which is actually something we just talked about. But today, we're going to approach it from a whole new way. We talked about stigma and addiction and today we're going to talk about treatment and what actually works because historically, and if we look at the epidemic in our country, treatments in general don't work. I mean, the the rates of recovery are not great and sustainable recovery are certainly lackluster. So we interviewed Gary Mandel, who lost his son to secrecy and shame around his, um, you know, decade-long addiction with everything from, you know, opioids to alcohol, you name it. And he now has uh, an incredible nonprofit that is really just tackling addiction in this country in like a big, bold way, changing policy, changing minds. He speaks all over the world. So we're just going to reflect on that. And I think everybody has somebody in their life who is touched by addiction as my guest. And we're going to talk about what works, and hopefully um, you can share that information of someone you love, or if you know somebody you know who's indirectly affected, you can share this episode with them. Okay, so before we dive into that, I always want to sort of quickly just go behind the scenes in our minds, if you will, a little bit. But my biggest moment in this interview was when I said to Gary, Brian, his son, how long was Brian clean and sober before you at the call, meaning the call the, that he had taken his life. And he said, I would like to correct you. You use the word clean and Brian was never dirty. And I'm obsessed with language. I think words have huge power, as we all know, how we talk to people, how we talk to ourselves. And I love that. I included it in the interview. It's a shift I'm going to make in my language. And um, 
So, I mean, there was, you know, many things in that interview. I, I thought he just showed up in such a big way for the conversation, but that was my, mm -hmm. my big moment. How about you? Yeah, no, that was a big moment. I thought, and you didn't explicitly say dirty, let's be clear. You didn't say that he was, but when you think about that word clean, the implication is that you are dirty if you are using, even if it's not expressly said. You know, one, one thing that there was many things that stood out to me. One, I mean, let's just acknowledge that this was heartbreaking. I mean, this is just a sad, heartbreaking story. I know many of you have commented on social media that it made you cry. And, um, you know, at Gary definitely uh, broke down a few times during this episode. And you could just really feel that this is still very raw for him. This is, you know, this pain is ever present. And it just made me think about how, you know, sometimes we don't consider the lasting impacts of losing a loved one to something. Anything, yeah. Anything. Um, and just how devastating, I mean, it, it completely changes a person's life forever. And so, you know, we, we can be nonchalant about addiction or about not changing our policies in this country to really make a difference, something that will really help people. But when you take it down to the very personal level and you hear a story like this, you really realize just how painful it is to lose someone. Yeah. I, t I totally agree. And, you know, sometimes when it's, I think it's in so many different, you know, aspects, areas of life, issues in the world, but some of the solutions you hear and you're like, that's so obvious. Like, why in the F were we not doing this before? And as we dive into kind of what, what um, works and sort of the, the protocol and treatments that, that can allow uh, for a father like Gary to have his son his whole life and not cut short in his 20s um, is, is what we're going to share. So one thing, again, this is under the umbrella of that's so obvious, was at routine checkups. So we go to the doctor, right? They ask you, um, you know, they take your blood pressure. Well, your your blood pressure is great, but perhaps they're sitting in front, front sorry, perhaps they're sitting in front of someone who is a drug addict, an alcoholic, somebody maybe high-functioning that they would never, ever guess, whose life is being ruined by a disease. And it's not even part of the dialogue. And, and when you look at the millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans living with addiction, the fact that we see doctors and they sort of go through this checklist and don't ask, ask. Or, or inquire yeah. or about... And yeah, presumably you could have the argument that people are ashamed and they're not going to share it. But if five out of 100 and that saves a life and I mean, let's and, and the more they begin and it becomes routine and collectively the shame and stigma is being addressed by people like Gary, then we start to get momentum. And I it made me think when I saw that, that that is really can be a move the needle on getting people identified and getting them the help that they need and something as simple as at a routine checkup, doctors being A, educated because they don't study study this in a medical school, which is another issue because right. this is a medical issue. 
Um, so I took my daughter to her routine checkup, like pediatrician, mm-hmm. during COVID. This is like six weeks ago. And they hand me an iPad. And then they say, you need to fill it out. And then she does. And we couldn't like, you know what I mean? Like collaborate on it. She did hers. I did mine. And it was all about mental health. And so it was her saying, are you feeling anxiety? Are you feeling depression? Are you feeling isolation? All these things. Are you observing these things in your home? Do you feel unsafe around your parents? Is there lots of alcohol? Is there? And I had one sort of a little bit like a check on me and also my observations of her in case she wasn't. And, you know, the Dr. Cassidy, our doctor, took the iPads back and said, this is a new protocol based on COVID because of the concerns around mental health. And I'm like, this should always be part of <laughs> the, yeah. the process. So let's have the, that be routine as well, especially when you're looking at teenagers, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, all of these things are up. And guess what? I'll connect the dots, which we all know is mental health and the correlation within addiction is huge. So huge. if we're talking about prevention, preventing often the onset of being introduced to alcohol and drugs is high school. So let's get those iPads in the you know hands of these kids and figure out what they're dealing with so we can address what is often the underlying cause. Um, yes. And so I hope that stays. I was I was pleasantly surprised by the very long questionnaire at the pediatrician. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think really what we're talking about when it comes to the next evolution in care is addressing the whole person and not fragmenting these questions. How many drinks do you have per week? But going even broader with that, you know, what is your what is your housing situation like right now? What is your employment situation like? Are you struggling? What do you need, you know, some more support? Do you have support in your life? These should be the routine questions that we're asking people at these checkups. And these are the things that are going to help make a difference. Yeah. And the other thing, um, the other thing I saw in the research um, was this idea of immediate access that there are moments when um, an addict, you know, is coming down, is crashing, is sick and tired, whatever their moment may be. And if you could, they talk about walk-in, walk-in outpatient treatments. You can decide yes. and you could, but the lag time to get in these walk-in outpatient treatment. So the point of recognizing or the moment, you, you don't want lag time, right? If somebody's like, I need help and they know they can walk in and immediately get the treatment they need versus, you know, having to go to a different, is there a waiting list and go through a whole process and um, evaluation, but sort of at that point um, when they're there, if only for a fleeting moment, they have access to the care they need is, is again, under the category of relatively obvious and very impactful. Yes, and the reason for that, why you really need immediate access to care, is because addiction, sadly, is is a condition that really alters your brain. And it can affect areas of your brain that control things like motivation or things that, you know, impulse control, things that help prevent you from taking certain actions, your ability to handle stress. So... If you're in a moment where you are feeling motivated to seek treatment and it's not available to you, 
I mean, you're, it, that is a huge missed opportunity. Massive, yeah. And the other thing out there is medication because now the FDA is approving medication. And I actually know somebody who um, – you know, was living with substance abuse specific to alcohol. And he takes a medication that prevents the craving. It's sort of an additional layer, I guess, to, to you know, the work it takes um, in your life and, you know, whatever sort of modality you choose, whether it's AA or something else. But there are actual medicines that are coming out that are FDA approved to treat addiction, not every type of addiction. But I think that's something new that, you know, wasn't wasn't in, in the cards or an option. And I think probably as a society, people need to get there more to wrap their heads around it, um, which goes to the bigger issue that people think it's a moral failing and medication can't fix that. I don't, that was just my <laughs> inserting my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I I agree. And which is not to say that medication should be the first line of treatment, but, no. but for if helpful in saving someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. Put and, it out there as an option. Say, yeah. They do say that when treating uh, specifically opioid addiction, it is the first line of treatment. Medication in combination with some form of behavioral therapy. The other thing um, before we wrap up is I found it really interesting when he was talking about um, statistics regarding the delay in introduction to drugs and alcohol. So I, I think we have a lot of parents that listen to this. I certainly am on the cusp of now I have a preteen. No, I have a teenager. Sorry, 13 is a teenager. The percentage leap, the younger you go in the introduction of drugs and alcohol has a very significant sort of impact or projection of addiction being um, their future. And so, you know, what he said about Brian, has he had he even been able to delay it? Because and I liked his honesty, like, listen, kids are going to go to parties and drink beers. But mm -hmm. if I could have got him, you know, not to this whatever, 12 to 14 range, but this, you know, 16, 17 or 17, 18, it drops and it drops and it drops and it drops. So I think that's really powerful for people to be equipped with when they have, you know, teenagers in their life. Um, of A, having open, honest conversations about drugs and alcohol and the impact on the brain, but also in the um, and, and why delaying it is so critical for their futures. I found that really fascinating too. Super that fascinating. That was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, wow, how come no one ever talks about this, about how it really depends on how old you are when you first start trying drugs. I mean, how old, Kimmy, how old were you when you first tried drugs or alcohol? Uh, way too young. I mean, I was like a freshman in high school. I mean, Me I didn't too. try drugs, but I was I was going to, you know, parties and drinking. Me too. I think I would, so that would be what, 14? Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. Yeah, it was freshman year. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I look back and I read, Graham, my husband, his mom was, you know, very, very strict and he didn't have his first drink till his um, senior graduation. Um, and wow, <laughs> he uh, had a few drinks for the first time. He was 18 
and tied a balloon to the back of his tuxedo and was running around the party saying a balloon is chasing me, but the balloon had um, uh, fallen off. So there was no balloon. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. But so anyways, that, that is a light story and not a light topic, but that four year delay is significant. So I, that's amazing information to be equipped with. Um, You know, I wish that would have been in the ears of all parents in our generation, but but certain, something certainly I am going to strive for more than I would have naturally already, which is how can we delay, delay, delay? Um, can we talk about wilderness programs? Oh, yes. Um, my cousin, who I love, did, did some of those in high school, and they sound insane. Yeah, I mean, I think... I remember wilderness programs being all the rage when it came to straightening out teenagers when when I was in high school and college. And there was this obsession with wilderness programs in this country. I think it was on the daytime talk show circuit, too. Yeah, and they would. And often, like, I know... Um, my sweet cousin um, who needed needed the the help, but I remember they like take you in the middle of the night. I think they come in your room, <laughs> right, like a drill sergeant. Literally, like you're woken up and you're like in a, in the back of a van going to the wilderness. I mean, it was pretty intense, and um, yeah, I, I don't know how prevalent they are today. But there is just to repeat Gary's statement. There is absolutely no evidence to show that wilderness programs are an effective treatment for substance use disorder. Correct. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I hope that this information is all helpful. As I said at the beginning, I think there's probably not one person here who isn't touched by addiction in some sense, whether it's a friend or a family member or a colleague. Um, or you may be struggling or questioning yourself. So I hope this is all helpful to you. And um, what else, Erica, before we wrap? And check out Gary's organization, Shatterproof.org. It is full of some really great um, research and tips and will give you a good place to start if you're just in the early stages of, of looking for support or or even just beginning to ask questions, um, you know, maybe even about your own usage. I know that during COVID especially, a lot of people are struggling with addiction issues or, or even just drinking more than you normally do and wondering how that is affecting you. So um, that's a great place to start. And As always, if you have other thoughts about this episode or any comments, please do feel free to share it with us. Send us a message. You can email us at hello at allthewiserpodcast.com or on Instagram at allthewiserpodcast. Thank you, everyone. And if you haven't listened to Gary's episode yet, I highly recommend uh, listening right now. All right. We'll be back next week with a little bit of Thanksgiving vibes and and some gratitude vibes. So um, be on the lookout for that. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Um, Okay. We're good. Cool. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.